The following program is brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, and the views and opinions may not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this station. Today on The Travel Guys. In the travel news, Disney has removed do not disturb signs from hotel rooms at, it re- at its resorts, and men- too many visitors has become a problem for another world-class city. I have details. And at 3.20, in our Smarter Traveler segment, Mark brings two oldies but goodies back, a tip on keeping your clothes dry during winter travel, and five do's and don'ts about reclining your seat on the plane. At 3.35, we repeat an extended interview we had with two awesome guys from the TSA, which first ran on the show on Thanksgiving weekend. They shared so much good information, and since we're in the middle of another holiday travel weekend, I thought it would be great to air it one more time. That comes up at 3.35. It's Christmas Eve in Sacramento. Shoppers are out making last-minute purchases. My broadcast buddy Tom is on his way to San Antonio to meet up with his family. Across the Atlantic, Santa has already started making his way around the planet. He is, after all, the world's greatest frequent traveler. In light of all that's happening today, a special thanks to you for joining, sharing part of your holiday with us on The Travel Guide. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome, everyone, to the Christmas Eve edition of The Travel Guys. I'm Mark Hoffman. Tom Romano is on his way to Texas. In fact, he might even already be there by now. It is, as I mentioned, Christmas Eve here in Sacramento and all over the planet. It's a pleasure to be with you this afternoon. Thank you for giving us a little bit of your time as you hustle around town, or maybe you're just relaxing after that very last shopping trip of the holiday Season. We have a great program for you today. Uh, in addition to the travel news, I have some travel tips that might help you during the winter season. And then we have a, an interview that we first ran uh, about a month ago live with a couple of gentlemen from TSA. It was such a good interview. And here we are on another holiday weekend. Lots of folks are traveling, so I thought it wouldn't hurt to bring it back and play that for you once again. It really has a lot of great information if you are headed to an airport anytime soon. You'll want to catch that. So welcome to the Travel Guys here on Christmas Eve, kind of a typical Christmas Eve in Sacramento, kind of a dreary day. And it looks like we're back to our our, we're not going to get any rain ever again pattern here in California. So I have lots of things in the travel news today. So let's get with it. Imagine if you called Uber and you were taking a little ride from the airport into town, and you thought, well, this should be about 20 bucks. And when your credit card bill came, uh, it was for a little bit more than that. gentleman in Toronto, Canada, uh, called Uber to get himself from uh, the airport to a hospital to visit a friend. He expected the tab to be around 20 bucks. Um, but what appeared to be surge pricing gone ridiculously haywire... The total charge for his 20-minute ride was $18,000 plus Canadian, um, which translates to about $14,000 U.S. So uh, the gentleman called Uber, 
and uh, checked with them and said, uh, hey, what's up here? Um, it, this appears to be a bit of an overcharge. Um, Uber said to him, sent him an email and said, according to the distance he had traveled, it appeared that he had been tra- charged the correct fare. Of course, he pressed it just a little bit further. And uh, he took the the issue to social media when Uber wouldn't pay any attention to him. At that point, he got the company's attention. They issued him a full refund and $150 credit for future rides. The moral to the story is always look at your credit card bill and your phone after you make a ride so that you know that the $20 ride didn't turn into a $14,000 one. We talked on this program a few times about popular tourism destinations in the states, national parks, in Europe, some of the major cities, Rome, Barcelona, Venice. Uh, you can add another European city to the list of places that tourists love too much, um, and that would be Amsterdam. Amsterdam is now complaining that the number of visitors staying overnight, just to give you an idea, at hotels in Amsterdam has increased in the last 10 years from 8 million people to 14 million people. So that's almost double. Amsterdam has been, for those of you who don't travel to Europe often or haven't been there recently, Amsterdam is kind of the, the, the party place of Europe. It's where most of, a lot of Europe goes to spend the weekend. If you stand at Central Station in Amsterdam on Friday afternoon or early Saturday morning, you will see people just streaming into town uh, from all over Europe, speaking in all different sorts of languages. And Amsterdam is very much uh, the party place. It's been legal to smoke weed there for a long time. Uh, there's a f- very infamous red light district there. So it is a, a city that for a long time has had a reputation as being kind of a place that people went to unwind. But now too many people are going to Amsterdam to unwind. And indeed, the uh, city residents are, are expressing frustration. They can't get around, particularly on the weekends. Uh, so Amsterdam is taking some steps to try to change things a little bit. First of all, they've halted the construction of new hotels in the city center. They are banning beer bikes. We had that story here a few weeks ago. You know, those ones you get on and you you, you pedal and ride around town and, and get plastered. So those have become a bit of a problem. Um, they're also going to shift the cruise ship terminal out of the city center. And they're going to outlaw tourist-only stores in the oldest and most most historic part of the city. So they're also making some deals with Airbnb in terms of only allowing folks to rent out their uh, homes for 60 days and collecting uh, hotel and tourist taxes from uh, people that rent out rooms in the city center and things like that. So anyways, it's, it's, it's a problem. And tourism has reached its, I would say tourism has reached its golden age, but tourism has reached its platinum age. And there, there are too many people and too little space in major destinations. The, the takeaway from this is if you are planning a trip to a major destination and you're thinking, well, you know, the best time to go is June or the best time to go is December or whatever, you might start thinking that everybody else is going to know that best time to go too. And looking at the second best or the third best time to go or going in the off season might not only get you a great rate, but a great experience. Listen, Seattle isn't as great of a place to visit in the winter as it is in the summer. There's nothing like a a perfect day or two in the Pacific Northwest in July or August. But there are lots of perfect days up there in January and February. Hotel rates are lower. There aren't as many people. So if you're willing to put up with the weather, it's I think you're going to see a lot more people looking at their vacations in years to come. Once they've been out a couple of times and gotten just completely overrun with people, I think folks are going to start looking more to shoulder seasons and off seasons, so maybe the smarter traveler 
does that now. If you're out on the road tomorrow on Christmas Day and you're looking for some place to eat, here are some ideas for you. This varies from location to location, and sometimes this list has to do with corporately owned restaurants as opposed to franchises. But some of the restaurants that say they will be open on Christmas Day, many Denny's, uh, many Waffle Houses will be open 24 hours, many IHOP restaurants, um, a place called Huddle House, which is more of a Middle and Eastern America uh, breakfast place. Uh, many Boston markets will be open. Corporate-owned McDonald's stores will be open their regular hours, but franchise stores will vary. Panda Express, Buca de Peppo, and Old Country Buffet. Oh, and here's one. Uh, there is one in Sacramento. Ruth Chris Steakhouse says they will be open on Christmas Day from 12 until 8. So, as always, check your phone or call ahead, but it looks like if you're looking for a place to get something to eat, whether you're on the road or just butts, buzzing around town on your own, why, there's there are some options. Here's an interesting Airbnb story here. They put an ad in some Hawaii newspapers and online and on Facebook depicting a family vacationing in Oahu. They tell their Airbnb host they want to see Hawaii's famous sea turtles, and so the host gives them some suggestions on where to go. A subsequent shot shows the family swimming with the turtles and touching them, an act that is expressly prohibited in Hawaii. The ad has been taken down from Facebook but it already is creating quite a heated debate. Um, the executive director of Friends Against Illegal Rentals in Hawaii worries that this is just the tip of the iceberg. And he says you're going to have more people saying, I can show you a place where no one goes. I can take you a spot where you can do something that you can't do anywhere else. Airbnb issued a public apology on Friday, saying it regrets the actions captured in the video and expects all hosts and visitors to respect local wildlife apologizes for sharing a video that falls falls short of those standards. How interesting. The Airbnb people have put their foot in their mouth again. Here's something from the headlines. Disney resorts have eliminated the do not disturb signs. If you are checking into a Disney resort, you no longer are going to get a do not disturb sign to hang onto your door. You will get a room occupied sign. What Disney is saying in light of the shooting in Las Vegas um, earlier this month when the gentleman barricaded himself in his room and obviously had been storing weapons in there for a number of days, not letting housekeeping staff in. What Disney is saying is that new, their new policy mandates that a cast member enter each room at least once a day to ensure guest safety. They will knock on the door, let you know they're coming in, but Disney says they're going to come into your room at least once a day. And, you know, from a from, from a guest standpoint in hotels, uh, that sounds perfectly fair to me that the hotel should have a right to come in and check on their property and make sure just everything is fine on a regular basis. So hooray to Disney for doing that. We can look for other hotels, I think, to to copy that policy fairly soon. All right, here's some quickies. Um, your Hilton Honors Surpass card. If you carry a Hilton Honors American Express, you will no longer have to pay foreign transaction fees as of the first of the year. Something good for those credit card holders. Um, if you hate uh, airline fees and resort fees, things that pop up when you reserve something at the very last minute, well, you're going to have to live with those for a while. Um, the current administration has decided the Department of Transportation has gotten instructions from the president's office that say they are not going to pursue hotels and resort fees. So those will, c- will continue to be okay for re- hotels to put those onto your bill after they have told you what the room is going to cost. That's most people's point, 
is that if you're going to get 20 or $30 a room a day more for things that are not of much value to me, I want to know about it when I'm getting ready to buy the room as opposed to at the very last minute. All throughout the year this year, we saw major hotel chains tightening their hotel, their cancellation policies. Hyatt was the only chain that did not step up to the plate. Hilton, Holiday Inn, and Marriott all rolled out stricter cancellation policies. Hyatt now has followed them, sort of, but with a twist. Um, Hyatt is changing their cancellation policy to 48 hours in advance at most properties. However, uh, members of their World of Hyatt, top-level members of their World of Hyatt uh, frequent guest program, will be exempt from that policy, will be able to cancel up to 24 hours in advance. And I have found something, this has happened to me twice this fall, where an airplane flight didn't allow me to get where I needed to and had to cancel a hotel after the cancellation uh, the free cancellation period have ex- has expired. My suggestion to you is do this. If you're in a situation where you can't make it to a hotel reservation that you have, now if you've gotten a rate that is the pay-in-advance, non-cancel rate, sorry, you're screwed. Um, you've gotten a discount for paying in advance and saying for sure I'm going to be there and the hotel is probably not going to do anything to help you. You took advantage of that rate and you took a risk. If you're booked on any other rate, though, I recommend calling the hotel directly Don't call their 800 number. Call the hotel directly. Tell them what has happened. Make sure you have the flight number that is involved. If there's a flight that you've you've missed a flight, a flight's operating late, you're going to miss your your connection, whatever it is, make sure you have those flight numbers because the hotel people are not stupid. They now are catching up on folks who are trying to do this just to get out of using a room, and frequently they will ask you what airline you were traveling on and what your flight number was. So in both of those cases, I had that information, and in both cases, the hotel did not charge me for the room that I was canceling. So if you're a Hyatt person and you're a member of their frequent guest program, you may be able to get out of the 48-hour cancellation. But remember, for all of the other hotels now, in most cases, you have to cancel at least 48 hours ahead to avoid a charge. And that is your travel news for today. When we come back, we're going to make you a smarter traveler. I have a couple of suggestions here. One has to do a little bit about reclining your seat. That's a a subject that comes up here couple of times a year on the travel guys i have a short list of five little things that will help you know when to and when not to put your seat back and when you do that what the etiquette is that goes along with it also it's winter time and i have one travel tip that came in handy for me last week that i want to remind you about and share with you that might help you during the winter travel season i'm mark hoffman tom romano is out today you're listening to the travel guys on kfbk I'll be home for Christmas. Welcome back to the Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman here, Tom Romano, doing what Travel Guys do. He is on the road in San Antonio. I find myself home for Christmas, which doesn't happen very many times. Uh, This is our segment, part of the program, where we take a few minutes and try to truly make you a smarter traveler about something specific. I have... One follow-up here, one uh, look at an old thing, and one update. Let's see here. Let's go with the follow-up. With the uh, with the follow-up first, we talked on this program a couple of months ago about the pros and cons. Had Michael Downer on the program as a guest and talked about the pros and cons of buying your airfare directly from the cruise line or buying it yourself. And normally, we suggest to folks to stay away from third-party 
travel things and try to book directly with the vendor that you're doing business with, the hotel, the airline, etc. But in this case, we suggested that perhaps this was the was an exception to the rule and that purchasing the airlines, the airfare from the airline puts you in a better position in case something went wrong. It became the air, the the cruise lines responsibility to take care of you. And indeed, on Christopher Elliott's website, this week is a a letter from someone who booked a Holland America Antarctic cruise from uh, Chile to Buenos Aires, and it was supposed to leave from one port. Holland America decided it would leave from another port 90 miles away. These folks had bought their own airfare and indeed suddenly found themselves in kind of a pickle because the cruise was no longer leaving from the port it was leaving from when they booked it. And, of course, the cruise line said, well, hey, in our contract it says we can do this kind of stuff and we don't have to compensate you up. Ultimately, they they decided the cruise line to provide transportation for the folks the 90 miles from the old port to the new one. I'm guessing these folks might not be the only people who are in that position. But it does point out the situation we were talking about, which is if you buy your own airfare and something happens... Anything, lot travels in inexact science, lots of things can go wrong, then you're stuck. If you purchased your airfare from the cruise line, now they're going to make it good. They know when you're arriving, they've known this all along, what airline, what airport, what time, and they're going to make sure that some sort of transfer is provided to you. Um, once again, be careful about you know going, and especially for a cruise that starts in a foreign country, Always make sure you arrive at least a day, maybe two days ahead of time, because that way on the time when you don't make your connection or there's some kind of issue, maybe your luggage doesn't make it on time. You've got that little bit of margin for error to be able to salvage your vacation. Okay, um, an oldie but goodie. The very first travel tip ever done on this program, once on KFBK a couple times a week, uh, we have a short spot where we we give folks a travel tip. You may, be, may have heard them from time to time on the station. And the very first one we ever did when the travel guys went on the air roughly five years ago was to remind folks in the wintertime to line their suitcases. And I was reminded of this because just this last week I was traveling down to Texas to a convention to Houston and San Antonio, and there was some rain going on down there. And before I left, I looked at the weather and I thought, well, you know, you dummy, you're the guy who tells people to do these things. So you need to line your, your suitcase. So I lined the two suitcases. Indeed, we got to San Antonio. It was pouring rain. Uh, when we got to baggage claim, most of the folks were complaining about the, ripping open their suitcases and finding that in many cases, uh, even in those suitcases that are, quote, waterproof, that uh, they had some water issues inside. But the guy with the plastic lining, um, just old plastic bags that I took from the uh, dry cleaners and uh, had perfectly dry stuff on the inside. So think about that when you're traveling. And when you're thinking about checking the weather and thinking, well, you know, I don't need to line my suitcase. I'm going through a city where there's I'm going to a city where the weather is perfect. But think about your connecting city and your departure city. And also think about the fact that if you uh, take off from point A going to point B, that your suitcase might not end up traveling that exact same route. So in the off-season, in the wintertime for sure, I suggest doing it all year round. Just take some plastic and line the inside of your suitcase, and it will save you a lot of grief. There is nothing worse than starting out on a business or a pleasure trip and getting to the other end and finding out that, 
Most of your belongings are soaked and water-stained, and now you've got to carry on the next day. Okay, last item here, making you a smarter traveler. Five rules about reclining your seat. We talk about this often. Um, I thought this particular list was very good. So quickly, I will share it with you. Rule number one, the golden rule about reclining your seat, look back. Yes, you have the right to recline your seat, but if you took just a moment and looked behind you to make the person make sure the person behind you wasn't eating or setting up their computer at that exact moment and you're about to crush their screen by putting it back just by turning around you kind of give the person behind you a little bit of advance warning that you're about to recline your seat um rule number 2 don't even think about reclining during meal service and also if you have already reclined your seat and a meal service is made and folks are eating then it's very appropriate and very courteous and airline etiquette to move your seat back up while the other person is eating and then recline it again when they're done eating. Now, this particularly holds true if you're on a plane with extra leg room or something where the seats go back more than an inch, uh, where, you're, where you really are getting into somebody's face when they might be trying to uh, grab something to eat. Rule number three, um, take only what you need. Most airline seats now only recline an inch or two, but again, on some carriers... And in some sections of the plane, you'll find a little bit more, the seats are a little bit more able to recline. Take only the amount of recline that you need. Don't just hog it all automatically. Rule number four, recline slowly. Don't just put it back all of a sudden. Put it back slowly so that the person behind you, again, has a chance to salvage the the computer screen or whatever it is that that you might be coming towards. And finally, um, use your words. Um, You can always tell someone that, you know, I'm going to recline my seat a little bit, um, something like that. And just a little bit of civility goes a long way in some of those situations. So five rules about reclining your seat. Always look back. Don't recline during meal service. Take only the space you need. Recline slowly. And think about telling, communicating with the person behind you before you do it. So some tips to make you a smarter traveler. We're going to take a break, get you updated with news, weather, and traffic here on KFBK. And when we come back... We're going to pick up an interview that ran a few weeks ago on the program. It's a, some, a couple of guys from TSA, really friendly guys, talking about some, giving you some great information on how you can get through security easier at the airport. We are the Travel Guys on KFBK. Magnolia trees at night, sparkling bright, fields of cotton love, wintry white. When it's Christmas time in Louis Armstrong. Good job, Luis. I like that one. That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Looking for a little traveling Christmas music there. And uh, I don't know that I've ever heard that one before, but that's, a pretty, that's pretty cool. Welcome to the Travel Guys Christmas Eve edition here. Mark Hoffman with you. Tom Romano has flown the coop. The Travel Guys will not be on next weekend. Um, it's kind of a strange thing. It's a 53-week year. And so uh, those of us who are the weekend programmers, we, we are only down for 52 weeks. So we get a week off. So there will be no Travel Guys next Sunday. We will be back um, the week after New Year's. All right. Uh, a few weeks ago, we sat down with a couple of local guys from TSA here and Transportation Security Administration, they take care of security when you go through the airport. 
And uh, these were nice guys. They were good enough to come out and, and interview with us on a Sunday afternoon. And we kept them for about half the program and talked to them about a wide variety of great topics, things that will make you a smarter traveler, and I think some of them that will help you. If you already heard it, it'll be a good reminder. And if you missed it the first time, it's a great interview. Here we go. Across from us here, we have uh, Dale Keller and Sid Hanna, who uh, both work with TSA at the Sacramento Airport. They both have extremely fancy titles that I'll uh, <laughs> let them give to you. But they are the gentlemen who, by and large, are responsible for making sure that you get through security in Sacramento and that everything goes well and that flights leave on time and that... Uh, Life is good. Gentlemen, welcome to the Travel Guys, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, nice of you to come in on Sunday afternoon. Not everybody is always willing to give up their time to be live, so it's it's we appreciate it. Because otherwise we're sitting here, you know, looking out the window at, you know, pretty much the traffic. So um you guys, this is a busy time at the airport for TSA. Um Sid, you mentioned you were there this morning at five o'clock. Uh, so let me ask, how has the Thanksgiving weekend gone so far at Sacramento Metro Airport? I my Sacramento opinion, International went Airport. It went great. Um, Terminal B was um, awesome. I mean, we were really busy with Southwest flights, but mm -hmm. the wait time at the checkpoints were great. Mm -hmm. um, most passengers were very surprised, and we liked that. That's what we like. Terminal A, on the other hand, was a little busy. Mm -hmm. um, that's not due to anything different. It's just the fact that the facility is smaller and doesn't have enough passengers. And by a little busy, we're, we're kind of talking about that morning rush hour, aren't we? It's just the, uh, we, we say the 4.30 to about 6.30. That uh -huh. two-hour block in the morning, we have a lot of flights going out at the same time, and that adds up to that to that. Uh, and if time. you can, so if you can get to the airport and you're going through security and you're in Terminal A, which is Delta, American, United, uh, right. that's it. So that's it. Yep. And then if, if, if you get through security before 445 or so probably going to be a life is going to be a lot simpler for you than if you get there some folks like to cut things really tight and then they get there and they find out that god the security line's 20 minutes long and they're screwed yeah. and what we try to convince them here is that you know if you just would add that 20 minutes in um now there's some lovely food facilities on the other side of security you could go and heaven forbid have breakfast because you're not going to get that on the airplane totally agree uh you're missing out on the coffee and all the good food on the other side when you're all you're doing is running to your flight but the reason why we tell people to show up two hours, it's not just because of the security checkpoint. We, it's all the, the whole package. It's showing up early, finding a parking spot. This is a busy, busy time. So most of the parking lots are going mm -hmm. to fill up quickly. Then you go to overflow, and then you got to wait for a bus to pick you up, which you're adding time. Ticket counter, check in your bags, that's an additional time. So you're leaving just a small portion for the checkpoint. And then you show up 20 minutes going, i got to catch my flight. And mm -hmm. the line's about 30 or 35 or even 40 you're not leaving yourself time. And it's amazing. I mean, we all like to be civil at the airport. It's amazing how many, how little sympathy the other travelers have for somebody who says, you know, can I cut in front of you? My, my flight's leaving, you know, in 30 minutes. And you're kind of like, you know, dude, why don't you just get here in enough time so that you didn't have to? There's so many things, as you mentioned, at the airport that cannot go right. I'm a very experienced traveler. The other day I go out to catch a flight at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm usually at the airport at a quarter to 4 in the morning. The parking situation at 2 o'clock is a lot different than the parking situation at a quarter to 4. Correct. So now I have to park five minutes from the terminal um, in, the, in the paved lot, and I've got to walk in. And so it took me a few extra minutes to find a parking spot. It takes me a few extra minutes to walk in, and guess what? I had cut it fairly close. So now I'm stressing out about getting on the airplane. I just thought it was kind of comical that the That's travel guy That's unusual was... for the travel guy. But, He's always <laughs> bragging about... Uh, we asked, you're, you're, but it happens. You're what we call the, the normal business traveler knows exactly where to park, exactly where to walk, and how to get there. But if you're doing this once a year, mm -hmm. here and there, 
everything is new to you. So it's always best to be there two hours early, we say, just, just to make sure that if you miss that bus, the second bus comes in 10 minutes later, whatever the situation is, you know you have plenty of time to get there. Yeah, you get there, the, the lot that you plan to park in is full. Now you've got to make another circle of the airport, and that's going to take you an extra 10 minutes. And guess what? Um, the last time that you flew a few years ago, you didn't have the little one in the stroller that you have with you with you now. Right, and yeah. with that being said, Dale, uh, we got a lot of people flying with kids this time of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that are listening that either have children or grandchildren, give them a couple of uh, uh, tips in regards to taking them through the TSA, or for that matter, the whole process uh, a little easier. Well, the, the one thing nice is uh, traveling with children, children under 12 are what we refer to as expedited. So they get similar treatment as the TSA pre-check traveler would have, or passengers who are over 75. Uh, so, you know, they get to go through the walkthrough metal detector. Uh, they can keep their shoes on, things like that. So it's just a little bit faster when they're, when they're going through. Uh, what I see that really throws off a lot of parents is when they come in and they have the, the super deluxe stroller. You know, and they've never folded it up before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've seen these people on the airplanes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, and so they they spend about five minutes trying to fold it up, getting frustrated, and of course, there's always stress at the checkpoint. You know, because you have people behind you, people in front of you. It's loud, and and then of course the the child will start screaming or yelling if it's a toddler, and then so they're they're trying to get it folded up and push through, and you know, it, it it's a bit stressful for them. So. Uh, again, you know, if, if they can find a way to actually go through that before they get there, it's great or be familiar with the stroller. But the other thing too is, um, traveling with children is typically very easy, but there's also a lot of families have special needs children, things like that. Um, I, I'm familiar with that with my son, but we also have programs that can assist and help in those situations too. We have the, uh, uh, we have a passenger, uh, what we call a PSS, a, uh, passenger, uh, support specialist. Thank you. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we also have a uh, 1-800 number, TSA CARES. And basically what they do is if you call in ahead of time, they'll alert us, and then we'll have somebody out there to give you a hand coming through. Wow, so you know, makes... I didn't even think about that, how hard yeah. it would be to travel with kids anyway. But if you had a child that in some ways had some special need, or even an adult that you were traveling with that had some special need, mm-hmm. that now you've got that extra layer of uncertainty as you're going through the security thing and trying to make sure that everybody does what you need them to do Mm -hmm. um, without causing any commotion that that delays the other people that are behind them. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really good to know. So you actually have um, a number that folks can call if they have a special situation so that they can maybe find out a little bit about what awaits them or what up what options might be available to them before they get to the airport. Exactly, yeah. It's all on the, uh, well, most people are net-based or web-based, so they go to tsa.gov uh-huh. and the information there, TSA Cares. Uh, they can call our local number, the coordination center. A lot of people do that. It depends on what they're comfortable with. Some will email, some will call. Um, and, and again, our crew is, is phenomenal. Uh, every officer out there almost looks forward to this, and they, they, they're out there to help out and, and do what's necessary to get the, the families through and the individuals through. Wow. We're talking with Sid Hanna and Dale Keller. They are with TSA here in Sacramento. And um, we're just talking about, we're answering some of the questions that you sent in um, online at TravelGuysRadio.com and just kind of generally trying to help you be a smarter traveler. Um, why don't we take a little bit of a break here? And we'll come back and with the second half of our TSA interview, and then I've got some Christmas wishes for you. We are the Travel Guys on KFBK. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus Welcome back to the Travel Guys. The second half of our replay on the TSA interview comes at you right now. 
we have some questions from folks who sent them into travelguysradio.com um, to Dale and Sid. So let me uh, ask on our listeners' behalf some of these. Um, longer lines. Uh, at We were talking about this before the break. Um, it's been in the newspaper. Um, it has. It was in the paper that uh, you guys don't have enough security lanes at Terminal A, basically, to get people through during the rush hour. Um, at the airport, people have announced that they are going to do some construction and create some more security lanes for you there. So um, what's the update? on? You gave me kind of the holiday update on longer lines. But in general, if people are heading out to the airport, is it an uncertain situation? Depends. It, as far as the... the the actual the lines in the morning yeah it's 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 a daily thing and mm-hmm. it it will it will remain the we are the airport is looking into construction right now expanding um uh looking up to seven lanes right now at terminal a the um and there are five currently there are five oh, there's currently, only five yes. so we have two pre-check lanes uh, and then three standard lanes. Yep. Mm-hmm. so if you're a pre-check passenger we, we're pushing everybody yeah. to go to pre-check actually that's pretty much what i wanted to get get pre-check out there for everybody because that's that's very critical well and having an office at the airport now is much better although you don't hear people talk about it too much but literally if you got out to the airport early and got checked in and found yourself with too much time on your hands um there is the tsa offices in terminal a is it or terminal b b B. 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 downstairs by baggage claim by baggage Mm -hmm. claim so if you're flying southwest uh alaska uh, Hawaiian, hawaiian Um, our two international carriers, why then you're going to already be in that terminal. But if you, like I said, applying for TSA is really quite simple. It's very simple. You fill out, is it still filling out an online application and then going in for an interview? And that's the part that you can do at the airport, right? And the, and you can schedule the interview. You hypothetically could schedule that if our, the office were, hours the office were open, you could schedule for a time when you were going to be at the airport anyway. Remind our listeners again what they need to bring for a pre-check qualification, like a birth certificate? Yes, a pre-check, yeah. Uh, birth certificate, uh, state-issued driver's license or, or identification. Um, I believe Social Security card. I believe it's kind of unique. It's a TSA program, but it is passport. ran by a contractor. It's really you know, easy. We, I, I, I've been through it. It's a 10-minute. It's a I mean, I was yeah, there 15 quick. minutes the whole time. In and out. Did they fingerprint me? I don't even remember if they did, did they did it or not. But anyways, the point is, it's eighty-five bucks, I think, for five years. Um, if you travel with any kind of frequency, it's something that you you really consider should consider. So back to what we were originally talking about, and that is, if your fly if your flight is departing between uh, six o'clock and seven thirty eight o'clock, right? Um, you need to be at the airport. You need you need to know that that's rush hour. And that's crunch time, and that you're likely going to run into lines. If and it's amazing how much difference, especially in Terminal A, where the legacy carriers are United and, and Delta and American, it's amazing how much difference 15 minutes makes. It's, it's if you it's get there at 4:30 in the morning, you will zoom through zoom security. Through, no if you get yep. there at 4:45, you will probably get through fairly timely fashion. If you get there at 4:50 or 4:55, you could find yourself in a 20 minute line. Easily. Because everybody comes at the exact same minute. I would say more of a 30-minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, you can, because we're downstairs processing our, our groups at United, and we'll look upstairs, and, you'll, and, and our folks are all done, and we'll say, okay, go on up. Don't get your Starbucks. Go on up and go through security. Get your coffee on the other side. Because right. um, it's 430, and you can see. And by the time you look up there, 445, 450, they're lined up back down the street. All right. Um, computers. People, there, there seems to be some confusion on computers. I've run into this myself. Um, computers in or out of your bag? The standard passenger, non-TSA pre-check, out. And actually, any 
personal electronic device larger than a cell phone needs yeah. to be out. So iPad, um, uh, Kindle, Surface, anything. Kindles, yep. anything like that you're taking out and putting Xbox, into the bin. Xbox, PlayStations, all that out. Yep. Okay, which is important because we have a lot of families and stuff traveling now. And uh, am I hearing this is one of the things that's kind of slowing down the lines a little bit? It is. There's there's other stuff. Um, we, we focus, we try to tell passengers, we look at what the normal is. And right now, sometimes it's food. Everybody's packing food. So sometimes we tell them, hey, if it's reachable and you can get to it right away, pull the food out, put it to the side. That helps the process go. Um, yeah, I, I came back from Mackinac Island on, in Michigan um, a couple of uh, uh, months ago. And fudge is a big selling thing on Mackinac Island. Is that right? It, and, and guys, do you find that uh, fudge, fudge is, is one something of those that you can, your machines flags? don't see through very well? So if you've got two pounds of fudge in your bag, well, it's it's not about seeing through. It, it's about the clutter that it creates, and then it puts layers on the screen for us, and so we have to double check. So there's certain protocol that if you see certain layers, we have to double check. So. Of course, we're not, we can't reveal a lot of the SOP, but we can say that it does help the officers when they don't have all that clutter and then all that fudge or all that extra food items to add to the mix. Excellent. We have a caller on the line who has a question. Nancy from Sacramento is headed to Costa Rica, and she's got a question for you guys. Welcome, Nancy. Hi. Um, yes, How do we, I'm 75. The lady I'm traveling with is 78. How do we go about getting a pre-board um, tra- uh, pass? A pre-check? Right. Okay. We we just covered that, but we're going to do it again just oh, yeah. for you because we might have others that have just tuned in. So are, you, are you talking about pre-check as in getting through the checkpoint through the pre-check lanes or just uh, a pass to go with them upstairs to the gate? No, no, just uh, getting to the uh, uh, security lanes. Okay, so, yep, yeah, so that's the pre-check. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That's easy. Um, you can go. Show, shall we? Yeah. Shall we tell her there's a reasonably decent chance, because of her age, she might luck out and get assigned pre-check. It's a possi- It is. There a is possibility. a possibility. Yes, there it is tends to happen more often with with the. Uh, I, I travel with a lot of mature mm-hmm. travelers, and they mm-hmm. they tend to get lucky. So that that could happen. Yes, okay. that could but happen. But if it doesn't happen, or is there anything that she can do to expedite the situation? Well. Being over 75, you're, you're going to be an expedited passenger anyway. So okay. and when you arrive at the checkpoint, going through, the, the officer will, you know, you'll get different instructions what the, the normal passenger will. You'll, it'll be much easier for you. Um, now, that's in the checkpoint proper. Of course, if it is during a peak time, there's a large wait time, and you don't have the TSA pre-check, you will be in the standard line. Um, right. So you don't get ahead-of-the-line privileges when you're waiting. But right. when you're actually processing, Nancy, what time does your flight depart in the morning? Oh, a little bit after six. Okay, so you're I'm in that four. <laughs> yeah, and and are you flying? Uh, you're not on Southwest, are you? No. Okay, no. so you're going to be in Terminal A. So you are in the time that we're talking about that rush hour. So it really would be important for you to try to get there a couple of hours before your flight departs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I just didn't know if there was some way of formalizing that. That. Um, procedures yeah probably unless you actually get a pre-check which i wouldn't necessarily recommend it for you for one flight but um i think that 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 but that that's one option but yes the other thing that she could do is go to tsa is is make that phone call to tsa cares Mm -hmm. um and see there but make sure nancy when you get to the airport and you get to the front of the security line that you let whomever is there directing the traffic know that you're 75 
because that's going to make a big difference in how you are treated. So if if the person that 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 checks your ID doesn't mention it, then you should mention it to the first TSA officer that you see that you're 75, and that way they will help you with the expedited yeah, screening. Yeah, guys, uh, go ahead and remind folks uh, that uh, there's a certain age, uh, and if you're above that, that there are uh, fewer requirements for you as you go through the line. What are they? Correct. It's it's over 75, mm-hmm. uh, under 12, and then uh, military and flight crew in uniform. Right, and then you don't have to take off your, what is it, your, your coat? Take off your shoes, right. You can go through, uh, instead of waiting for the long line for the uh, the advanced image, uh, the mm-hmm. AIT as we call it, the uh, you just go through the walk-through metal detector. It's, right. it's much faster. Yeah, it's an expedited process. Got it. What's, uh, just at a, you know, either one of you can answer this. You have the ear of our of our audience here, and you can make them smarter travelers going through the TSA lines. You know, there's got to be two or three things that people always seem to mess up. You know, whatever it is, they don't get their license out soon enough. What what is it that the the, the top three mistakes that travelers commonly make approaching the TSA lines? You know, the the one I see a lot is um, they don't empty their pockets. You know, they, they think they pull everything out, but the keys are in, the cell phones and still in the pocket. Something, and if it's through a walk-through metal detector, even a gum wrapper, believe it or not. But um, what that does is they go through, they, they get what we, they get a pat-down or, a, or a, a small, you know, a, a search of that area where they, uh, they have an alarm or an anomaly, and it slows them way down. And it yeah. slows down everything just because they forgot to give the double pat on the pockets to make sure everything's empty. Got it. So, Check those pockets. Check the pockets. The, the other one is ID. If you if you lose your ID or can't find your ID, it takes a long time for us to process you, and it holds up a, at least two of our employees to decide working through a phone call trying to do verification of who you are. So please, uh, anything that you can bring to the airport that has verification with you, if you lost your ID, please bring that with you because that helps us, a U.S. passport. Any, anything of that could help us. So. That's You've my... lost your driver's license. The passport would be your first substitution because that's a government-issued document, and that's going to zip you right through. A lot right. of people use their passport regularly to go through TSA anyway. I mean, I see that is pretty common. So if if you uh, again, if you know that you've lost your ID before you go to the airport, is there a way to call somebody? But it really doesn't matter, right? You're just going to take what you have that can prove your place of residency? Correct. And there will be a series of... We'll get you on the line. There'll be a series of questions that you have to, to answer, similar to like when you apply for a credit card and they say, out of all these locations, where did you live before? Or Your they, mother's so, maiden name. Yeah. Right? So yeah. they, they verify, but it does take a while. So that's one of the ones that holds up our line for us. All right, guys, before I let you get away, um, I, I need to add, we've got one more question here that I need to ask you about because this comes up almost every time we ask people <laughs> to talk about TSA situations. Um so what happens if they find your stash? So I'll make it very simple because you know this is a very uh, it can go different directions. Um, at the at the end of the day, we're a federal checkpoint. Okay. So you can't bring marijuana through a federal checkpoint. If we come across marijuana through our normal course of duty, we have to notify law enforcement. That's where we leave it. We don't take it. We don't do anything. We report it to law enforcement. Law enforcement reports on the scene. It's up to them to make the decision. And then obviously that depends on where you are and all of the everything else. So what you're saying is that if you find it, then it's your duty to report it. Correct. And that's that's for checkpoint and baggage, not uh-huh. just checkpoint. If we find it in baggage through our system, 
we will report. Did you hear us with the guy with the 44 pounds of, that oh, was yeah. sent from <laughs> Seattle to, does that happen? It happens. Okay. It happens. Actually, quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. to be honest with you. It and so you guys are, so, so the, the reality is that, you know, you're, you're, it's a state law. Just because it's legal in the state, you're passing through a federal checkpoint. Correct. You need to take, keep in mind the distinctive difference between those two things. Okay, that's good. Thank you, guys. I I appreciate that. Is there anything that we haven't missed here? We've got just a tiny, I, tiny bit of time. Um, the only thing I really think is, uh, and I think Sid will uh, share this, is that kind of a shout-out to our employees, the officers oh, yeah. out there working. Um, you know, they, they work crazy hours. It's not fun. And they're dealing with all sorts of people. Some people happy flying out. Some people not happy. I go through the airport all the time in Sacramento. I have gone through TSA hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And I have found that if you just smile and you're pleasant and polite, it's life is a lot simpler for everybody. Um, thank you, gentlemen, thank you. both of you, for coming in on a Sunday and, and, and giving our listeners all of this information. I cannot tell you how much we appreciate this. So thank you very much. And I hope that you'll uh, be back again. You can find all the information of everything we've talked about today at TravelGuysRadio.com, along with a couple of really great Christmas stories from Southwest Airlines. Go to TravelGuysRadio.com, and you can scroll down and read those. We will be off next week. I will be back to see you along with Tom the first week of January. I want to wish everybody a very, very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year, and we will see you back in a couple of weeks. Remember, laugh, da- laugh and dance like nobody's watching. I'm Mark Hoffman. It's a pleasure to be with you every week, and we'll see you after the new year here on The Travel Guys.